Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Come through, queen. I want to see you come through, queen. Hi everyone, it's Dan and Brendan, and this is Come Through Queen. I, I you bashed bash her me. on the show. Are you kidding me? Carol did you not were bash afraid her. of her too. Oh yeah, my I'm, god! I'm afraid of her. Well, I'm back, baby. Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and not only am I here, but I am here with one of our dear faves, Evan Ross Katz. Please welcome him to the stage. Woo. <laughs> I am honored and a privilege. I am a Come Through Queen super fan. I live and breathe the air at this podcast, so I'm just deeply honored. I mean, the feeling is very mutual. We are an Evan Rosscat super fan. You mm-hmm. are the face of Mike, <laughs> if you don't already know. Yeah. Uh, some of the best drag queen interviews in the game. Literally, have you interviewed like every recent RuPaul's Drag Race contestant? From the past season, yeah. Um, oh yeah, you did that round yeah, table. Yeah, and then a lot of the newer ones. But there's like, I still have moments with a lot of like the older ones that... Mm will come into my radar and I will just get so genuinely starstruck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's always the ones that I'm sort of like, didn't think would be a great interview that end up like really like rocking my world. Like who? The one that comes to mind, that comes to like an early queen. I mean, that Blair one, I knew it would go there, but yeah. that mm-hmm. one really surprised me. But someone that like really surprised me with their depth, I think it was Aja, which now seems oh. like, of course, but at that time, I was, this was in the thick of All Stars 3, mm-hmm. and I just didn't realize that we were going to have that substantive of a conversation around race and identity, and I didn't know that she was going to be so articulate. Right. Yeah. I mean, that hour with Aja is like, chef kiss. I love Aja. So, so good. Yeah, but I mean, some of the funny things is like the editing too is like, so the Aquaria one is like, that was three hours. That was Holy condensed. Shit. So sometimes people will like comment on certain things and they'll be like, oh, that, you know, that scene and it's like the process of making them oftentimes is a lot lengthier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other one that comes to mind is Lady Bunny. Just oh. because I didn't know that, I knew about her, but like I didn't know how much of a, how funny she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and truly, like a sense of humor that is entirely its own. 
when I was a baby gay, I would just see her DJing at like those little pop up gay events yeah. now and then. Sometimes I'll see her like wheeling a suitcase down like Seventh <laughs> Avenue in uh the West Village, like on the way to a gig. Yeah, I mean those wigs don't carry themselves, baby. right? And she's like notoriously like people don't know what she looks like out of drag, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have no idea. Okay, I thought that's what I meant to say to answer your question. Um, I have an interview coming out with Sony, <gasps> and that is an example of someone who I didn't know what I was going to get out of it from an early season, and I feel like had a lot to say. So I, um, it's yeah. not out yet, but it's coming out. But That'll be so interesting. Yeah, because she's been pretty quiet. She's been very quiet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I saw her from afar at Mickey's West Hollywood when I was there last. Mm. When I was talking to Farrah yes. for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, bro. <laughs> um, so I am fresh up, back from my trip from P-Town. While I was there, I made sure to catch... A drag act. Obviously, I wanted to, like, see uh, a local queen, but, like, the scheduling didn't work out. Alexis Michelle was my option, and I jumped at it. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought, like, you know, she's a New York girl. I could easily see her at home, but it would be kind of interesting to see her not in, like, 54 Below home right. base, you right. know? And, you know, obviously, like, the fan reaction to Alexis Michelle was not super positive when she was on the show. I feel like it started out really strong and people were like, she's going to go far, she's going to go far and then like it turned yeah. at some point. I think with the fur mm, episode. Yeah. Um, when she blamed all the other girls for not telling her she looked awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, well, she strikes me as like a queen that just wants to be so good and like what maybe on the show got in her way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Seeing her live, she was so charming sang live for a full hour uh like a totally different style than most of the girls it was like a mix of like broadway broadway Broadway, streisand uh she did like a cover of love fool which is like the title of her album on itunes Mm -hmm. um just a delight she met everyone outside after afterwards hugged like we told her we were from new york she was so like thrilled about that took a picture with us if you've been counting out Alexis Michelle, don't do that anymore. Run, don't walk. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is she, I always think like, which of the girls are like truly kind people, like you said, mm-hmm. like sort of like comes outside afterwards, signs autographs, takes right. a picture. Yeah. A lot of the girls, and this is no shade to them, but they sort of reach a place in their sense of their ego yeah. where they feel as though they don't need to do stuff mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. I just think, I always say this, whether it's a drag girl or a housewife or any celebrity that I have the opportunity to like interact with yeah. the ones that are genuinely nice off the microphone on yeah, the camera yeah, and everything yeah. that's sort of like what leaves an impression on you sure, and right. I feel like that's Alexis Michelle like yes. she it's not and I think maybe that's why her time on the show wasn't perhaps as memorable as it could have been mm-hmm. in that she just doesn't sort of have a turn it on turn it off mode right. yeah. in the way that a lot of the other queens do mm-hmm. Evan are there any queens that you've seen perform after they've been on the show that made you change your mind a little bit on them or like thought higher of them or anything like that? I mean, the one that comes to mind, this is going to sound weird, but it's Monet. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, but oh. she was really good. Yeah. I just didn't quite, mm. I loved her personality. Right. I just wasn't, and I just, you didn't really get a chance to see the full depth of Monet on the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you will get to see that sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like I saw her perform at Narc Bar one night Mm -hmm. and she did 
for those that don't know, she's sort of really known in her live shows for doing these sort of mixes of monologues that go into songs mm. and that sort of don't mix but sort of do perfectly. Yeah, right. And her... I think lip-syncing monologues is sort of one of those skills that I just think is really remarkable because you right. can't rely on the music. Yeah. And her ability... She did a monologue from... Family, not Family Matters, from The Cosby Show. Mm. She did a monologue from The Cosby Show. And it was just unbelievable. Yeah. And the depth of uh, rehearsal uh-huh. and meticulousness of it all, I was completely blown away. So not to say I don't think she gave a good run on the show, but I did not know that the, that, that level of drag was there. Right. I mean, she and Monique, both on the show, struck me as like a professional drag queen performer, like, in the bars. Right. Like, they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, the show doesn't necessarily get to highlight that bit of, like, the drag experience unless yeah. you're about to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only time you really get to show off that skill, which is, like, we've said it before. Like, that's why we go watch drag shows, like, for the lip-sync performances. Yeah. Like, Prodigy Major, like, they're our favorite drag queen that we follow all yeah. the time. Not a look queen. Not a look queen. Um, at all, but her lip syncs are incredible. Yeah, second to none. <laughs> uh, but we have some news to get into before we talk about the shows this week. The View is on hiatus, but in the news right now. It's coming back on Tuesday. Yeah, which is wild. So aside from the fact that John McCain died, so Megan McCain um, is involved in all that, they announced in the middle of all that... Um, who the new View co-host is. Yes. And it had already been reported that it was this person, and it's Abby Huntsman. And thank you to Evan to posting it to the Come Through Queen Facebook group as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Um, that sloppy Photoshop. The, yeah, <laughs> Abby's just sort of floating midair over next to Megan. Is it foreshadowing? Yeah. yeah. So, Abby, I think the most fascinating thing about Abby Huntsman joining The View is that her trajectory is identical to Megan McCain's. Her father ran for president. She became like a social media star mm-hmm. during that time when he was on the rise for president. He didn't win. She went to MSNBC. Megan went to MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Somehow ended up on Fox News um, and then now is going to The View. Yeah. And I think she's like personal friends with Megan. So they definitely are giving Megan an ally. Which we've never really had this before. Like two. Con- Two diehard conservatives on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like we've had people who are middle of the road. Jed. Jed. Oh my God, Jed. Uh, but like, Jed. But Jed. I guess Jed and Paul were both kind of conservative. Yeah. Paula and Cam- uh, Candace Cameron, but Paula had the yeah. "I'm a journalist" thing going yeah. for her, so she didn't really veer to the rights all the time. Yeah. It'll be interesting, and who knows? Like Abby could go like the other way and like become like. Sisters with, like, Joy. Or Sunny. Or Sunny. I'm excited about, you know, a 20-second season. You know, (laughs) really withstood time. My concern is that this is one of those moments that this could really change the dynamic of the show very severely. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I guess I'm open to seeing, like, what will happen. But, like, this will... There's a world in which Joy gets quieter. I also just have this weird feeling that Whoopi could get could lose her cool really easily mm-hmm. um which could be you know could make for good tv so whoopi's gonna go one of two ways she's going to just not like abby off the beat like um she did with jed or abby because abby's father is like famous yeah. um 
Whoopi might love her. Whoopi loves a famous person. Yeah, she does. And I also feel like Whoopi so vehemently wants to work against the narrative of the show, which is that they don't get along. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Whoopi will make a great effort to become allies or at least show that side of her in an effort to not feed into this narrative of like, now there's a new conservative for Whoopi to go to bat with. Right. I think the biggest question is, are they going to still use the Mary J. Blige music video with... None of, almost none of the original <laughs> players from that music video. <laughs> the song's so good. They I should love refilm it. it. I know, refilm it. They don't let have let time. Joy get a shot that she liked. Right. She <laughs> to do that green screen walkout. Oh my god, I love that green screen walkout of her like just like <laughs> stomping out. I bet you they filmed some sort of intro thing when they filmed the four of them together i know but like can they ever get on the same page like at the same time i don't know well i mean obviously they were like throwing around they hadn't decided on abby until yeah i wonder if like the things going on with megan's family i wonder if like that's why they finally decided to go with abby because it was like between um, abby and anna navarro right yeah um i wonder if that like played any part yeah i, I don't think like anna and Megan really get along. Right. Even yeah. though Anna worked for John. Yeah. But like now, I think Megan views Anna as like a traitor. Oh. You know? I just have to say though, I'm just so grateful that Joy extended this contract. Oh, yeah. Because I will say, I mean, I've been watching, I think since like season seven or eight, like mm. dedicated. Mm-hmm. And I am at the point with the show and I love the show so much, obviously, but if Joy wasn't on, I would stop watching. That's just mm. like, that's my yeah. soul. So to see that that was an easy contract to renegotiate was kind of like a safe space for me. Joy brings a consistency that like her years not there were like the dark day. Well, so crazy. Year. No, it was more than one year. It was definitely the year with um, Rosie, 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 Rosie Nicole, <laughs> and Whoopi. And then they like recast after that year, and that's when they started bringing in like the Michelle Collins of the world, the Candace Cameron Berets, the Raven Simones. <laughs> I just remember. I thought Jordan was back for that year. I think it was two years she was. Oh, gone. Okay, yeah, okay. And was she there throughout McCarthy? Throughout McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Oh, oh I think she left mid Jenny McCarthy okay, season. Okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like there was an era that was like the dark darkest it got. <laughs> I just remember they like did this whole thing when Barbara left, where they brought back every single co-host, mm. and like that picture that was like in 2013, and yeah. that picture now would be like doubled with all of the people oh who've God, come through yeah. the doors. Oh my God. I will say, Barbara, if you're listening, I mean, like, for her to come out and open season 22 would really be the moment. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that that's going to happen. Just willing it into the world. What is going to happen is Porsche's having a baby. (laughs) With you. (laughs) I mean, this is some crazy Atlanta news going on right now. Uh, I love hearing reports from filming only true Housewife superfans are paying attention at this point, and it's great to get a peek. Yeah, you have to be down in the weeds at, like, a website called, like, allaboutrh.com. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Tamra Tattles. Yes, oh my god, Tamra Tattle, baby. Uh, so, Portia Williams has confirmed that she's pregnant, and she made the announcement at new Housewife Ava Marcel's bridal shower. The Housewives filmed Ava's bridal shower in Atlanta this weekend, and it was a classy and elegant event. Housewives Portia, Shamia, what? <laughs> Nini, and Marlo all attended. That took my breath away. Shamia's back. I didn't know that. Uh, 
But the event was filled with folks trying to upstage the bride. First of all, Marlo showed up wearing a bouquet on her head. Queen. And looking ridiculous. <laughs> but despite her over-the-top outfit, Marlo was otherwise very subdued in her behavior. The person that was most out of line was Portia. She announced her pregnancy at Ava Shower. The insider told MTO News, which I guess is one of these in the weeds websites, <laughs> uh, Portia made the announcement and all the air left the room for Ava. The insider continued, everyone surrounded Portia and started congratulating her. It was almost like Ava got ignored at her own shower. And yes, the Bravo cameras were there to film it all. Ava and Portia are co-stars on TV show Dish Nation and word is there's some competitive drama going on between them. I didn't know that either. Wait, Disney Nation is the name of a TV show? I thought it was a network. I know. I uh, I think it's a TV show for the people that get the satellites from the dish. <laughs> <laughs> from the dish. No, isn't the dish like... It's like Comcast, dish, variety. I know, but calling it the dish. <laughs> the one dish. Uh, Wait, so... Evan... Do you watch Atlanta? I do. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about uh, Kenya and Portia not being able to celebrate their two newborns in the same season? That would have been so amazing. I love (laughs) Kenya. I mean, I recognize she's definitely a problematic Mm. fave, but I think that Kenya was brought a lot to the show, and Mm. imagining her not on the show is very hard to imagine us getting yeah. to, like, the season... I think, what are we going into? 13 or something now? Or 12? Like, we're definitely past yeah. 10. Like, 11, yeah. 12. 11. So I feel like are she... Are we past 10? Didn't Atlanta premiere first after New York? No, because New, New York is slower. Remember New York, like... The dark years. Yeah, really like, between 4 and 5, they're like... Yeah. Or between, like, 5 and 6, they're like, oh, we'll wait a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I will genuinely really miss Kenya, and yeah. I do think Kenya... In her more earnest moments, um, there was just like a very, there was a side of her that I, when she would really get real, yeah. that I really did love. Mm. Portia's a house of, I've just never had strong feelings about. It's yeah. not that I have a strong distaste for her, it's just that the kind of drama she brings to the show is not super engaging, and I also just feel like the other women, the friendships there aren't genuine enough mm-hmm. to really make her presence in the room necessary. Yeah, I get what you mean about Portia. Like, when one of her storylines was like, I'm gonna be vegan, but I didn't know that, like, meat is not vegan. Although, (laughs) Sonya did copy her recently. That's true. (laughs) And, like, my other bug with Portia is that, like, almost every season, it seems, it seems like she's getting violent with someone. Mm, Like, really violent. And I... She was our first Freak of the Week ever. Oh, yeah, she was, yes. (laughs) Because she, like, beat someone up in an alley. Ain't wearing a snowman's costume. Yeah. (laughs) And I also just feel like for Portia to align herself with Kim this season, this past season, I just was like, Portia makes the wrong moves in terms of allies. And I feel like Portia's just not super loyal. And I feel like the housewives that I tend to gravitate towards across any season is I really, like, loyalty Mm. is super duper important. So you're a Caroline Manzo stan? (laughs) (laughs) She's fine. I'm just kidding. Ed Sheeran. (laughs) But I mean, I feel like Portia's just, she was very, uh, she moves where the wind takes her. And I feel like that makes her sort of, you know, I can take her or leave her. Mm. Don't love it. Uh, so that's exciting to see where that plays out. Yeah. Oh, one more thought. Ava, do you like her, not like oh, her? yeah, what are your thoughts on Ava? 
Are you familiar with her previous work? Very familiar with ANTM. Mm. I didn't watch... Scared Famous. Scared yeah. Famous. Yeah, that's a um, hard ask. And I always... There's something about Eva that I've always... Uh, and I realize we're saying it differently, and I'm very intrigued mm. Is it Eva or Eva? I think oh, it's I thought Eva. it was Eva. I, I, I don't think it's right or wrong. Like yeah. You say things weird, though. You say Mario. I also, I also always call that one chick from... Uh, Beverly Hills Marisa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're psychotic. Sonia? Son? Um, no, I, uh, Eva is fine to me. I think that to come mid-season, you really have to make your presence necessary in the way that Sonia came in mid-season mm. for three and was like, wow, we unexpectedly really needed this force, both with the women and in the confessional. Yeah. Is it confessional? What do we call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Confessional talking head. So I feel... Talking head, yeah. yeah. So I feel like... Eva, in terms of her talking head capabilities, didn't really turn it for me mm. enough to really like justify her coming into the fray. And they gave her the same background as Sheree from a few years ago. From her basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely optimistic about her, and I like the fact that she came in as an ally to Nini, because mm. um, I definitely wouldn't be here for a new cast member going toe-to-toe with Nini. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not a good look. So tired. I'm, like, concerned about Nini. I think... she's She's run her... Her marathon. I think she tried to move on, right? (laughs) She tried to move on. She thought she was going to get some of that Ryan Murphy money. He lost her phone number. And let's get her on Apocalypse. That would be good. Connie's coming back. Let's bring the gang back together. (laughs) I mean, there's a Bring her Glee character into Apocalypse. (laughs) Could you imagine if, like... Apocalypse, they, they reveal Glee is in the same cinematic universe. And what, what was her name? Coach something? Like, I don't know. She was like a swim instructor. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a parallel here, though, because it's like, Joy Behar came back to The mm. View, iconic, canon, necessary. I feel like Nini came back and sort of got the opposite, mm. which was that it was sort of like, everything was fine without you. Yeah. It's not that your coming back was necessarily like wrong or jarring, but it was that like, it's kind of like seeing your kid off to college. It was like we thought you, were, you know, we thought you were, yeah. you're good to go. You're out in the world. Yeah. Well, I think the other problem was like they brought her back to pit her against Kim, and it was so boring. Right. Like I don't need that fight at all. And like they were, they were in like every other episode. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like any time that like. I'm aware of the contract negotiations. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm understanding that this person is in less episodes because of money, it's like, I shouldn't know this. Yeah. Right, like, right. I shouldn't feel that. Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Luann? Oh, do Speaking I? Speaking of negotiations. And no one is talking about this, <laughs> apparently. Uh, Luann Deliceps avoids jail for drunken Christmas meltdown. Luann won't have to worry about spending another Christmas behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> the narrative of this article is crazy. It's page six. It's the page best. Page six, the best. Uh, a Palm Beach County, Florida judge signed off on a plea deal that avoids jail time for the Real Housewives of New York Star on Wednesday morning, per court documents obtained by page six. Deliceps agreed to plead guilty to battery, trespassing, and disorderly intoxication in exchange for the felony charge against her being reduced. She will also perform 50 hours of community service with at least 10 hours per month and attend two Alcoholics Anonymous meetings a week in New York per the deal. The Countess and Friends star will also attend a mother, Mothers Against Drunk Driving Victim Impact class, and she cannot use drugs or alcohol. She will be required to submit to random testing throughout her year-long probation. LSEPS 53 already wrote an apology letter to the cop she hit. I would love to read that. Um, 
mothers against drunk driving like this is actually pretty common really for, for uh like it's more common for for drunk driving well yeah that was where i was like yeah. she was like drunk in a hotel room yeah i feel like they like took like from from how this reads they took like pages from the from the type of plea you take for for drunk driving and right. like, applied it here right yeah but from the get-go i knew she was going to do community service like the type of thing that she was arrested for was not jail time unless the officer was actually injured injured mm-hmm. and like i don't think from what we know he was actually injured mm-hmm. um evan where were you <laughs> where when were you? <laughs> you heard this news I remember very vividly. I had just arrived in Detroit, Michigan. I was, it was obviously Christmas Eve. Yeah. I was on a plane, so I turned my phone back on, and in my cinematic in my cinematic <laughs> universe of a world, somehow Luann and I do intersect in a bizarre way. You and have so, intersected. Oh, oh. <laughs> we will get to that. Um, and so. I just, my phone started blowing up with I mean, uh, with all these text messages from people because I think my friend group knows that this is the kind of thing I really mm, care about. Right. And I literally remember being in the aisle trying to like get off of the flight and like being like, <laughs> tr- I just was, it really, it was very shocking. I think people forget now, it's not every day that a real housewife gets arrested. Correct. It's, and at the time, this was when information was still funneling in. Yeah. And I just remember being flabbergasted. Right. And I remember thinking, I got off the plane and, and my friend's mom was there and I was like, this is no longer Christmas Eve. <laughs> December 24th will be the day Lou got arrested. I knew this would be a day that Lou got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Going forward to the day you die. Fuck yeah. Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck his drag, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and with that, let's take a quick break and we'll get back with OC, New York, Dallas, and the Freak of the Week and One True Queen. Woo. All right. Hi, everyone. We are back. <laughs> so, and Evan has some questions for us. I do. Like, okay. So I'm really curious for your, your all's take on crossovers because the shows have attempted a couple before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's often that sort of conversation about who would you want to jump what cast? You know, there's a lot of talk around, like, wouldn't it be amazing if Kenya joined New York now? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, who would be sort of your ideal crossover given the current casts? I think that Dorinda popping up in New Jersey yeah, could wow. be... She belongs in Jersey. Could be a much-needed, like get some good attention for them because Jersey's been a little Ugh. hit or miss and she has real friendships with people. I mean, like, even Ramona popping up with Zia Melis. Oh my god, yes, yes. Um, we did have a cro- we did have a crossover technically in the reunion yes. um, when Ramona called. Um, I, I like the Bethany Beverly Hills one. I think it's natural, it works, it brings a much needed, like, New York energy to that, like, drowsy ass show. Yeah, Beverly Hills needs Bethany more than New York needs anyone from Beverly Hills. Right. Though, like, um, maybe, like, I wouldn't mind a Kyle Richards supportive friend popping up with everything that's going in in mm, New York with yeah. Bethany. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For next season. Okay, so then I'm, I'm really curious in New Housewives cities, because I feel like Dallas is kind of the last city, because it's the newest franchise, it's sort of the last city that has a cultural identity that you understand what the lean of the show is going to be even before it's cast, right? right? So what are some cities that you'd like to see that sort of don't have that, that you feel like there would be like room for, that the city doesn't exist with a cultural stereotype? 
it doesn't exist with a cultural stereotype. Because I my thinking is like New Orleans could get one, but that's like you know what you're getting in a lot of ways. Yeah. They have a southern charm, New Orleans too. Yeah. Um, there have been people online talking about the idea of getting uh, heavily Asian uh, cast. Oh, okay. Maybe out of San Francisco or something. Mm-hmm. I think that would be so interesting. That would be lit. Yeah. Because like, where now? Where is it? Right. We got Crazy Rich Asians. Let's bring it to the TV. Right. I think it'd be really interesting too to have a Real Housewives that's not predicated on the wealth of the women. Because I think one thing, I mean, I guess you could argue-ish with New Jersey, but I think one of the things that sort of unifies all the franchises is, is this idea of wealth and aspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be really interesting for them to sort of explore, like, more of, like, the Joe on OC kind of income status. Mm. Joe on OC. Oh, From Joe. The, oh. O- the OG Joe. Yeah, who was, like, yeah. very... Or, like, even, like, Gretchen. They've had, a, they've had several housewives on other franchises who sort of are not in the same economic bracket as the others. Well, OC, it was, like, very much because of where the economy was going. Like, we watched that in real time, and it was, like, sort of depressing. But, like, getting, like, just, like, middle-class people who are, like, doing well. Well, um, both Dallas and Potomac kind of have that in terms of Potomac having Robin, who's gone through financial struggles and is now rebuilding. Like, mm -hmm. she was at the top, then fell... And is now climbing her way back. Mm-hmm. And then we have in Dallas, Leanne, who her storyline has been like, she's trying to climb her way up through the charity world. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that she doesn't have the money that the other people in the charity world have. Right. So I think it's like, it would be hard to imagine a show where none of them have money. Because that's just so central to the brand. But I like the idea of like peppering in really a few. Makes sense. That, yeah. Okay. I'm like so curious about this next question. All right. So you all have the housewives on the show that you really defend, that are your mothers, mm-hmm. through and through. Some of which, over the seasons, have become increasingly, I don't want to say more problematic, but their behavior has shifted that it's harder to stand for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are the housewives for each of you that although you love them and you won't say anything ill about them, you can admit have sort of fallen out of the favor that you once had for them? Carol, Dorinda are the two obvious ones. Lisa Vanderpump, though Lisa Vanderpump has the uh, has Vanderpump rules where she is king, yeah. Um, so she still has that. It's like two different women. Um, who are yours? I mean, I Dorinda and Shannon Bador are my two, but like I feel like I don't run the spectrum that some people do in terms of there's loving of- or hating. Like I don't really like love and will die for anyone and I don't really hate someone that I'm thinking about them every day right like I feel like some people when they are like tweeting at the housewives like they like lose their mind like I don't have enough care in my heart for either direction I think um and I see where Dorinda and Shannon like misstep Mm -hmm. and can appreciate that but like I think the reason I love them is I think like in their deep in their hearts like they both are like really good people yeah they're just complicated figures like, like they have a good heart us. like they just yeah. want they they want to love and they want to be loved and i think that's i don't why think I, shannon's fallen as far though as like yeah Dorinda. yeah i think there's a lot of people still rooting for shannon Bador. oh yeah yeah um we still need Badorinda road trip oh i would love that <laughs> that would really be something <laughs> yeah who would you say is the best one season housewife 
Oh. This is Ooh. good. Um, I know who you're going to say. Who? Claudia Jordan. That's right. Oh my God. What a good co-host you are. <laughs> <laughs> now, who am I going to say? I don't know. I know. Um, I would probably be troll-blooded and say Jules. I, well, that's, that, <laughs> Jules would be like my second choice after Claudia Jordan. I think Jules had actually interesting things to bring. I just think it, timing wasn't right for yeah. that. And she held her own that many freshman housewives have trouble doing. And I think Bethany and Carol sort of like trained their Ooh. eye on her immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she didn't stand a chance. Yeah, but the, but the reason my answer Claudia Jordan is like she went toe-to-toe with NeNe and like I think dragged NeNe better than anyone on the show has ever done before. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of the reason why she was kicked off mm-hmm. is that she's like, I don't want to fuck with this. We were also just having a text conversation with um, P, mm. who said Katie from Potomac mm. um, is his choice for this exact question. Yeah. Um, and she was seen possibly filming with Giselle and Robin, so she might be back. So She did film a scene during season two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like not totally out of the picture yet. Right. Uh, but like season one of Potomac is not super canon in terms of like people talking about it so that's why no one really knows about this girl katie uh (laughs) but shall we dip our toes into orange county yeah Evan, you do keep up with the orange county ladies i definitely keep up with the orange county ladies sometimes against my better judgment oh yeah i wanted to go through sort of like your scholarship level where you're at with like bravo shows and also talk a little bit about like just other things that you're watching Yeah. yeah so i go back so Roni is the top of the mountain for sure. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really love the show. Um, I still think season three of Roni, just in terms of the crafting of a season of a television show, mm-hmm. is really, it's such a huge reference for me. And I, and I still, this is going to sound odd, but I remember that scene of watching Bethany outside of, it was Ramona's apartment, right? Yeah. And it, waiting by the car, mm. and with it was the red dress, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, that moment of wanting that reconciliation as a viewer so much, um, I just really, like, I, I remember that emotion quite strongly. So, Roni through and through. Luann ruins that. She ruined that. it. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I would say, so I fuck with all of the other housewives except for Potomac and Dallas. Yeah. Um, but I would say really after New York, my, it's a long fall before my number two. And then my number two would be Atlanta. Yeah. But I feel like Atlanta doesn't have as much consistency in terms of like, when you think about Roni, you can be like, you can divide it up very seasonally. You know, you can say like, oh, season five of Roni, you know exactly what you're getting, plot, cast and everything. Yeah. R-H-O-A. Roa. Roa <laughs> <laughs> has less of that feel for me. It's it's a little bit of a mess, and it definitely has hills and valleys. Yeah, I think like I never am like so excited for Atlanta to come back, but once it's on, you're like, oh, this is good. Yes, I'm here for it. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I um I think New Jersey is like um. fell off in a way that we haven't even like 
we should put a tombstone over that yeah. and like yeah. move on. It's irreparable. Yeah, and I feel like um, I'm even surprised sometimes by like my amount of optimism around it. Mm-hmm. Um, just being that it never, you know, I think we keep wanting that season seven Roni moment where it's yeah. like they're gonna rejudge the cast and like we'll right. have this made, and it just we haven't gotten it. So definitely um, all the housewives except those two. Watch What Happens Live, which I do think counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Southern Charm. I've okay. never seen Below Deck. I That's for oh, I uh, love hu- Below Deck. Huge <laughs> Gallery Girls fan. Huge Princesses Long yes, Island yes. fan. Um, I've never seen Vanderpump Rules oh. ever, but I'm friends with Billy Lee. Well, that counts for something, but you... Uh, <laughs> I know. need um, to do Vanderpump Rules. So this is the weird thing. My interest in Housewives is often predicated on my interest in women of a certain age. Mm, right. And I feel like the cast... And again, I say this out of ignorance, but the cast of Vanderpump Rules is a little young for my yeah. interest. I almost would say, why don't we stop recording now? You can go, <laughs> you can go home and watch Vanderpump Rules. But no, I, I'm with you, and I thought that I wasn't going to like it at all. But yeah. now it's like my favorite show. I also, historically, they tricked us into watching it, basically. Yeah, so that was annoying. So like then I was like, for years, I was like, I'm not watching this shit. They tried to get me, they tried, They brought me from a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode into this new weird show that's not going to last. Yeah. Here we are. Like, Here we are. But also, if you have like any affinity for Lisa Vanderpump, she is... A beacon of light on Vanderpump Rules, and like you look forward to scenes with her. Like it's night and day mm-hmm. on how she is on Vanderpump Rules versus Beverly Hills. And I think that Saucy Schroeder is the most important antihero mm. of this generation of te- like television, film, everything. <laughs> Especially her seasons one and two, and then there was there was season four. She was gone for most of it, and you feel her absence. You feel a loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stassi Schroeder. Very important wow. character. So I would say the other shows relevant to the Come Through Queen universe, I would say, obviously, Drag Race. Yeah, um, so I worked on season seven of Drag Race. Um, little known fact. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, um, which was a really interesting and fun experience because that was a very uh, big turning point for the show. Mm-hmm. And so I was running New Now Next at the time, so I handled all of the ancillary digital content for the eliminated queens mm-hmm. oh. um, and that was like the very beginning of like makeup tutorials afterwards and really treating the queens after their elimination as wanting to keep them in the family yeah right and then Big Brother which yes. um, I got into like seven seasons ago now at this point and mm-hmm. I just when it's good it's great yeah. Yeah. but I will say Big Brother it's a very hard show to convince someone like Whereas I can show you an episode of Real Housewives, a good one, and I'm like, I'll get you sucked in. Big Brother, it's like, if it's not your thing, I'm not going to work to convince you. Yeah. Right. I think the easiest stepping stone is the celebrity Big Brother. Absolutely. Because, like, you're already invested. Celebrity Big Brother was so good. It aired at the perfect time, yeah. too. It was, like, the the drudges of winter when you need something mm-hmm. to, like, if you don't, you don't want to go out on a Friday night, so yeah. you can watch Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, also, if you look at the formula of any time that a bunch of celebrities have been in a house, I mean, Surreal Life being yeah. the best example of it, like, even the bad seasons of Surreal Life are amazing. Yeah. There's just a really, it's a hard way to lose if you put a bunch of random famous people in a mm-hmm. house together. It's like, you're gonna get something. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Wow. 
Cool. Let's get into Real Housewives of OC, or like I like to call it Rock. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this whole season is starting off. We had like a big bang in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. And now we're back to the se- like. You know what? My, one of my problems with OC is like everything just looks the same. Like, it's like all- what season are we in right now? Yeah. That's a that's a big problem. Yeah. I like to know like is it winter fall like I think it's like winter right now. Right? It must be. Yeah. No, it's probably spring. How optimistic were the two of you going into this season genuinely? Because sometimes as a super fan, you force yourself to get excited about something. I didn't have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. I sincerely believe that Rock needs Heather Debro. Yeah, she's the glue. She brought a different energy, like, she brought, like, a, not a New York energy, but, like, a kind of just different kind of energy, and she had a producer's mind, which Mm. there needs to be someone who is thinking about things. And Tamara thinks she has the producer's mind. But that mind is, like, not made for Bravo. She's got an acting That's mind. That's like a Wee TV <laughs> mind. A Wee TV mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just... It, what, what frustrates me about this current lineup of women... I have strong feelings of distaste towards Kelly Dodd. Mm. Um, but particular, particularly the two new women, who I'm neither here nor there about either of them, I just question bringing them in after the tumultuous last season right and the lack of chemistry i think oc's always had a chemistry issue yeah Mm -hmm. and i feel like to bring these two women in who one of whom is i guess has a little bit of a history the other of whom is super inorganic both of whom like you know you have emily who's like leaning really hard into like the lawyer by day party (laughs) planner by night i've got a lot of kids i've got a minivan i'm always in athletic wear and then you have like gina (laughs) who Again, there's a little bit of that Jules mm-hmm. aspect of feeling like she was coming into the show in a bad situation. Right. Probably not the best time yeah. to be on reality television. I don't understand the thought process in the crafting of this season, how they thought this would all lead to some perfect storm. And the stakes are high for OC in that, and as they are for Beverly Hills, in that they're coming off of a disastrous season, they really need to revamp. And yeah. I'm surprised, like, I thought they were going to pull the Roni season five lever, mm-hmm. and they did it. What do you think, what's your, like, view on Vicky? Um, I, this, I mean, I, and I apologize if this sounds disrespectful, I thought when her mother died, um, that was one of the most uh, incredible moments of television. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons. I will never forget that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Vicky is interesting. I get the joke of Vicky, but it's like... She's not genuine enough to really invest in feelings around her. And I'm sorry if this is like... But she's also like not a great parent. She's not a great <laughs> lover. She's not a great friend. It's hard to... There are plenty of housewives who do evil things on the show that you can get behind because you're like, fundamentally, you enjoy them, you look like a good person. Mm-hmm. But Vicky and her... Again, not to like armchair psychologist, mm-hmm. but like her lack of being able to like be alone and comfortable being alone, mm-hmm. um, it's after 13 years... It's just 
there's something tragic about Vicky, but not in a, I want that tragedy to somehow morph into something bigger. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of like, I'm settled on the fact that like, this is tragic and this will stay tragic. Oh, Um, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. See, I, I've been like feeling Vicky a little bit more this season since she's not really in the thick of it. She's just like being like, like a kooky queen. Uh huh. Uh, it's like Tamara, who I think is like the biggest problem right now on the show. Yeah, uh, I think she thinks she's like invincible here, and that like she is like America's favorite housewife or something yeah. like that, and is like she's acting. Yeah, she's acting mm-hmm. so much. And you guys said this on last week's show, but I just think the Eddie plot with the health concerns—it's like there's a couple sort of like canonical plot points that one does, you know, the preparation for a wedding. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them, which is like either the health scare for oneself or the spousal health concern. Mm -hmm. And it takes, if you're gonna go that route, which I think I would deviate from in this era now that we've had so many that have done it. If you're gonna go that route though, it's gotta be a very lovable person that's going through that condition for which all of us could get behind. So, right. So for instance, like, like, we love Dale. Mm-hmm. And so, Dale, we're going through... So, I mean, yeah. knock on... Oh, my gosh. No, no, so push that into... <laughs> but if Dale were going through something, I would have genuine concern, and I would... And obviously, I wouldn't want to see... I've seen Tinsley cry so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She so, needs to meet those grandbabies, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whereas, like, like, there's something about Eddie. It's like, he's a little bit gross, but, like, not even gross enough <laughs> to, like, want a second look. But, like, Eddie just, like, doesn't... Sorry to use the word again, but judge. Eddie doesn't judge with the show. And he never has. Yeah. It's like, you need to, like, lean into, like, wanting to be on camera. Like, uh, Debro, Heather's husband. Terry. Terry Terry loved it. Terry loved the show, and it's like... He signed those papers for her without asking. (laughs) And it's like... And Eddie's not quite, like, Maurizio hot, and... Yeah. I don't know. I keep thinking, like, Eddie... I'm happy that Tamara found him, and obviously yeah. it's wonderful that she found something better than the abuse and disgust that was Simon. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think Tamara's plot wrapped up seasons ago. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like OC is just like this party, and like it ended like so long mm-hmm. ago, and we're all still there. Yeah. Shay needs to yell at everyone to go home and stop being loud. <laughs> <laughs> and even, but even watching that extend itself yeah. into so many conversations Nothing. afterwards yeah. is like, it's kind of like debilitating just to sit there and watch this and being like, you see the women exhausted by yeah. carrying over these conversations. <sighs> it's just telephone. Like they, like Shannon said, talked about Shane and compared him to what's his face. And then this one goes and tells her that's an abuse, like your husband's abusive. Mm-hmm, and now right. this one goes and, and like, they don't even seem that invested. I feel like Tamara is more upset with Shannon about not using cut fitness and is just pretending to fight with her about something else. Should we talk about the email that we got? Yes, we should talk about the email. Cause that it's we got. about where you're going. Perfect segue, Brendan. So this is from Jessica. So she writes in, <laughs> hi guys, a loyal listener, sometimes caller, first time emailer, and you guys could email at comethroughqueen at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, so guys, it was tough watching Tamara attack Shannon at the 19th hole. I actually felt extremely anxious for Shannon. Like my heart rate was steadily increasing as Tamara spoke. I'm so glad Kelly was at the table and able to stick up for her. Shannon was so taken aback. 
Tamara is very accustomed to acting on OC, but I think this time she's honestly mad. She's mad Shannon isn't using her and cut fitness for her weight loss storyline. It's horrible. I feel so bad for Shannon. Thoughts? Shannon. Love Jessica. You should have read that in a um, southern, southern accent. accent. I know. Well, I'm not an actor. So. <laughs> um, I have, Yeah. So I also want to talk about, I saw something on Reddit that pointed mm. out how far like where cut fitness is from like Newport Beach where I think Shannon lives. Okay. It's like a f- cool 45 minutes. Yeah. So like is Shannon really going to go get in her car every day and do that even if it's just for the show? Yeah. And also is anyone ever at cut fitness? Unless they're filming. Unless they're filming. <laughs> uh, I mean it appears that Eddie's there willing to forego his medications just so he could feel fresh. It's wild. I know, like, just take your medicine, <laughs> please. Also, like, I like... If I was Tamara, I'd be, like, hitting his head against the wall. Like, just take your medicine. I want OC just to be Shannon's solo scenes. Mm, That's yeah. the best part mm, of most it for me right now. Like, her and the trainer. The trainer was, like, cute to Jason. I really liked that. Love um, the cooking scenes with the daughter. Yeah. Uh, the mm. Heating up those meals. Love whenever she's talking to Archie. Yeah. Didn't... Shannon like begrudgingly get the dog because like David and the kids wanted a dog and now she's, just and now she's the greatest love affair of a generation I think getting Jeff Lewis as a friend of <gasps> for her would be really helpful ooh that would be a good crossover reinvigorating and it would be interesting because Jeff Lewis has been doing the like what Carol did at last year's reunion and like giving all the dirt that um, mm, Shannon can't yeah. right um, so if we had that injected into the show, then we could actually talk about the David drama without Shannon getting in trouble. Right. That'd be great. Uh, Jolie is a wonderful mother <laughs> escorting <laughs> Kelly Dodd to, to the soup kitchen. The soup kitchen. I mean, also like teaching Kelly how to cook. They were like cooking brownies, baking brownies or something. Like, showing her, like, the wet ingredients, the dry ingredients. I just love this sort of, like, plot that some of these women do, which is, like, we're so wealthy, everything, we have so much that I'm just trying to, mm. I want my child to be good, so I'm going to have them volunteer because it just, we, we, with the death, with this, we have so much going for us. And it's just, like, Kelly, looking around at your, I, I'm not sure everything's going as, like, smoothly <laughs> as, like, you envision. Um, and I just feel like she really... Again, with, like, the crafting a plot, it's like, I'm going to take my 11-year-old. She's 11 now? Yeah. She's, 12, But maybe. she's, like, wise beyond yeah, three Yeah, years. no, I mean, as you said, she's, yeah. she's the mother. She's wearing the pants. Um, the tube top. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, I mean, I appreciate Jolie as a character mainly yeah. because of how much Come Through Queen is really, you know, uh, rally behind getting her that orange. Oh, we love Jolie. I just, like, can't fathom the fact that the way to get into Kelly's new home is a spiral staircase. Especially, like, given Kelly's, like, uh, nighttime antics, one might say. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to be climbing up spiral staircases. I mean, you guys have to climb down 24 oh, flights oh my of stairs. God. <laughs> That'll be fun. In this Tower of Terror. I um, feel like Kelly is a difficult housewife on the show, in that the Vicky friendship never felt real. Oh, yeah. So, and one of my least favorite devices, if you will, that the show does, and why I think it was a disservice to us to know everything about the Carol Bethany thing, not mm. to take us over to Roni, yeah. but in knowing that it's very clear that the Vicky and um, her friendship with Kelly has 
is no more. Right. You could tell from yeah. the talking heads that this was not something that they were actively going to work towards getting back on track. Right. Similarly to the Bethany Carroll yeah. thing, I think that does a disservice to us as mm-hmm. the viewer in that we know that, and you know, we're witnessing now that this is clearly going to be the lean of the season. My favorite moments on Housewives, as rare as they are, are huge fight and genuine squashing mm. beef. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, technically, isn't their job to be friends? So, like, to like yeah. try to maintain that friendship is part of your job, right? But talking about Kelly, though, I do think she and Shannon genuinely care for each other now and like each other mm-hmm. and want to protect each other, which is something we don't haven't seen on this show since no one's friends. Yeah, single girls stick together. Yeah. So we're at the golf course. Gina and Emily go off aside, and that one thing where Emily said, well, your husband's not around, so like he can't be in the thick of it, well, kind of took my breath away a little <laughs> bit, and it took Gina's breath away as well. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that has the potential to like become something... I think Gina, like, I think there's, there's something there with Gina. Yeah, where she's like, wants to play, but, like, there's not a lot to play with right now. Yeah. Like, getting, like, wasted at their first, like, group get-together, there's something. Mm, there's something yeah. brewing. Uh, but while they're fighting is when we get the Kelly, Tamara, Shannon, and Vicky going on. Mm-hmm. Which was, which is what we were talking about, where Shannon seems to be upset. I mean, not Shannon. Tamara seems to be upset on the wrong thing. Right. Like, she's upset Shannon's not giving her a storyline this season. <laughs> I feel like OC has so many moments with the six of them all in a room together that I feel like there's got to be a lot of pressure on those scenes, in particular on that franchise, in making something happen. Yeah, right. And it felt very much, as Tamara does quite often where it felt kind of like Tamara took something that was she had no horse in the race on yeah. and decided to just, like, bet it all. Right. Yeah. And uh, that sort of was one of those moments where it felt like this just wasn't that lunch to have this big of a fight. Yeah. But OC needed that fight to happen. Yeah. I did like Vicky saying, like, let's talk about something that matters. Like, what do we have saved up in retirement? How are our 401ks looking? (laughs) (laughs) Which probably, like, for the most of them, not great. Yeah. I mean, Vicky's the only one who works. Yeah. And I did like hearing, uh, we got to hear everyone's orders at lunch, which was was nice. I liked Kelly got the Reuben, which I thought was a really Mm. good call. Um, I really, I could watch. I wouldn't want to eat a Reuben in the sun. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But I could watch a montage of the women ordering. I love them ordering. Oh, I love it. Especially when Shannon orders a drink. It's changed a lot, but the base is always the same. She just, like, figured out that she likes to mix it herself. But she's less specific about the glass now. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like she really wanted that tall glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything else important from OC? I guess they were... Uh, The scenes for next week. Oh, yeah. So, clue us in. All I know is that there's some big fight of Bruin. Was this with... This was Gina. No, Emily snaps. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're, like... It gets a little She says, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you or something. Yeah. So maybe there's something next week? I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Let's get to New York. I mean, it's so important right now. It's so important. Especially, I missed last week. I'm, like, chomping at the bit. Oh, yeah. So do you want to talk about what you wanted to talk about from last week first so we can get that out of the way? Uh, was I, there anything? Yeah, well, there was one thing, my favorite thing. <laughs> I've been doing it, like, 
all week since I saw it, where, where, <laughs> where they're talking about the funeral, and uh, like all the other ladies are talking about how, like, oh, they didn't want, they want, they didn't want to film, da da da, and they, uh, they're like, why would you want the cameras there or something? And then Bethany's like. They were there to film me. <laughs> she was just so happy. She's like, they were filming me. Like, Beth has, like, so many moments of glee during this reunion. Yeah. That's, like, like, you're supposed to be, you're, are you angry or are you, like, chippy right now? <laughs> I think she's, it's her producer mind. She yeah. She knows she's making good television. Good television-ish. Yeah. So, so we have a Team Bethany in the house. Yeah. Which is actually good for this show. To get another perspective. Yeah, we're biased. Uh, we're definitely biased here. Carol is one of our many mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Bethany is like the mother for mm, me. Friend the... of Christina Aguilera's. Um, true, true. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got another Christina stand in the house as well. <laughs> yeah, like, the first five minutes when we arrived, it was just like, that's all they were talking about. We're literally sitting feet away from ten copies of Liberation. <laughs> Um, no, but I am, I, this is my, like, little preamble mm. briefly about Bethany, but I just feel as though, you know, you know how Kleenex is a brand of tissues? Mm. I feel like Bethany Frankel is that same level to what Housewives is. I just mm. feel like... Bethany's the Kleenex. It's just, she is the show, and I feel like Bethany really invented the talking head as we know it, mm. which is not just to comment on something, but to actually advance the plot to, like... I just think there's that like that Bethany wit, and I don't think she gets enough credit for how truly funny she is in those talking hats. Well, she was always regarded as the original uh, Greek chorus mm. of, mm. of the talking heads from seasons one through three. Although I think her talking heads from back then are different now. Right. Because back then she was just, like kind of just watching and commenting. Mm-hmm. Well, also, the show wasn't so predicated on drinking back then, mm. so now I feel like she often plays the role of sober-ish mm. person yeah. reflecting on a group of crazy drunk women. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of drunk, um, we get into the conversation about... Um, we're still in the we're conversation, still in the conversation. last week. Yeah. Um, about Dorinda and all of that. Um, what I thought was interesting, she said that she... She admitted that she was starting to have a problem last fall, and like she like shared like a moment with Carol where like she had apparently talked to Carol about it, um, which was interesting because the show started filming in the fall. Yeah. But her like behavior that everyone's pointing to was in the spring. Yeah, I think, but I think there was also stuff in the. F- I mean, she was drinking in the fall as well. Right. No, but like the the Giovanni and like the um yeah the trip that was all in the spring. But she had to be sent home from the Halloween party. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a steady line. Across. Yeah, but that was different because it was like mm. okay, she was like having fun sure. and like telling people about NSL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she claimed that she was not drunk when. Lou said she was turning. She hadn't even had a drink. They just mm. sat down. Which seemed a little interesting. I mean, like, we know drunk Dorinda now. Like, yeah. how she sounds. We're acquainted. We're, like, this isn't new. So I don't know, like, what she was trying to prove with that aspect. I think uh, Carol might have tweeted something about this. The fact that... She was tweeting you, a bunch. Uh, she was tweeting a bunch. That what we see of Dorinda is, like, 
her drinking at these events that are being filmed and like that's not her day-to-day life or something. Oh yeah, I saw that tweet. Which I think if you give that look to it, like yeah, if you only took the highlights of my (laughs) escapades, like (laughs) it'd probably look worse than me staying at home watching MasterChef Junior on a Friday night. So Mm -hmm. like I could see that argument being made. Yeah. I don't know. But that's like her life, so she needs to take care of it if it needs to be taken care of. Yeah. I think it's like a hard conversation. It's a weird conversation yeah, to have with like watching these people and like people trying to tell these people what they yeah. should be doing. Like we are seeing them like for 20, like half a year, but it's only covering like maybe five weekends of their life, mm-hmm. really. And I think it's especially difficult too when so much of what Dorinda is regarded for on the show mm-hmm. are moments where she was intoxicated Mm -hmm. so i imagine from that perspective going into the season it's like you want to deliver on the thing that everyone loves about you and i think it's probably a blurry line between like a lot of the memorable dorinda lines are drunk and she as we see on social media is very much one to jump in and she loves she loves all that she'll latch onto the catchphrase she'll put it on a mug but it's curious in terms of is there a world in which a sober dorinda would thrive on the show. Mm. I'm curious. Well, like, when she is, when we get her, like, sober scenes, she does seem so caring and lovely. Oh, yeah. Like when they travel to London. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you, Giovanni. Oh, I loved her rewriting of <laughs> Giovanni, you're smiling. Uh, I mean, as someone who was present... During Giovanni heckling. Did you hear Giovanni being screamed? No. So, fun okay. fact, I was not at that taping. Okay. Yeah, I was at, yeah, I was at the oh, after party, but I was at the okay. first concert, okay. the one that you guys had mentioned that didn't actually, yeah, wasn't yeah. actually filmed. But I did interact with the Giovanni team oh. because they were sitting next to me at that show. Oh, my okay. God. So, they were all present at the first show. Yeah. Um, but... No, uh, there was. They seemed very friendly and happy, but I was very surprised. The most surprising thing about watching the finale. So I was there, yeah. um, as a guest of Luann's. Um, I had no idea that everything that was going down was going down. You have to realize it's yeah. like when you're taping these things. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. That's I have, no, I have no prior experience. <laughs> uh, but I quickly learned that. It all just seems normal. You know, you're just oh, having yeah. your night. You're talking to your friends. Right. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I go back and I watch all of that footage and it's like, oh my God, th- these bombs were going off all around yeah. me. Um, that was the most surprising thing is that uh, finale party. I will say it was very high pressure in that. I think it's very rare. There's a couple of instances where they've gone into a finale knowing they were taping the finale. And really? I think, yeah. Okay. I that think, was, I feel like they always have like a, planned party. Well, like, OC always ends, like, with a big bang. I guess that's true. I guess this one, there was something about this one in terms of the need for... Closure. Conc- yeah, the need for conclusion and the awareness around the Lou plot mm-hmm. that this had is sort of, like, I guess less I mean the idea of there being a party and more, like, there was a narrative structure. They needed to wrap the Carol Bethany plot. Yeah. They needed to wrap Lou's plot. Yeah. Like, it felt like this season, to its credit, as being... Which I'm curious, sorry to derail real quick, but where would you rank season 10? I know we have one more week. Uh, it's getting really hard because I feel like 7, 8, 9, and 10 have all been Dude, like amazing. 
really, really good. Um, I would say it's definitely better than last season. Yeah. I think this season, like, there was, n- there was not one filler episode. There was maybe that episode where Ramona hosted that, like, Christmas shopping party that was a little boring. Mm-hmm. And I think e- literally every other episode was, like, big storylines every single episode. Right. So that's why I think this one in particular, because this season had such a clear arc to it, and also there were headlines in this season that existed without the show that played yeah. out on the show, mm-hmm. uh, that finale felt a lot more pressurized mm. from the get-go. Yeah, we were learning about things that were happening as they were going on, like, especially yeah. the Lou thing and then the boat thing. Yeah, the boat oh. thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I feel like they wrapped it up and it didn't feel like the usual housewives wrapping up of a story of, like, something that they showed in the first episode, like, oh, like, I got the, like... The, the skincare brand off the ground and now it's running like they didn't like everything that needed to be wrapped up felt like normal yeah mm-hmm. like they weren't like forcing it right but like I understand what you're saying like everything did kind of come to a head at this finale party and mm-hmm. it was hard to watch again sort of like with the out of sequence nature with which all this happens it was hard to watch the Carol Bethany talk by the bar knowing everything that we know now because if we didn't know that I would have thought that to be a genuine reconciliation and that would have been a wonderful thing and you had to watch that as a viewer knowing oh well yeah well I think it's like the talking head thing ruined the chance of that working out Mm -hmm. because they just get like fired up all over again absolutely yeah and tweeting and tweeting and tweeting Uh, from the reunion talking about Lou's journey without her there that was the most interesting. Hearing Bethany talk about, like, first of all, Dennis counseling Lou legally. Yeah. Um, having the question be asked if, like, could it be settled? And Bethany being like, yeah, I talked to Noelle. Yeah. was wild, wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cut to him dancing in the house, age nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andy saying, Andy holding his apple and saying, yeah, she seemed off during At Counts the Cabaret. and Friends. Um, which I had heard from other sources, too. Yeah. Like, I, uh, someone who I kind of know was performing at one of her shows and said that Luann seemed off also. Yeah. yeah um, I can tell you some stories off mic. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but Beth saying that she just really wants to be loved, like, broke my heart. Mm. And I'm like, I totally see that. Oh, my God. It is hard, though. This is an example of one of those housewives legal situations that we're not fully clued in on. And so it's really hard to track this plot with any sense of clarity in that there's a lot of he said, she said. There's the page six of it all. There's uh, Representative Bethany Frankel on behalf of Council yeah. Lou Andalessa. Um, it's a difficult plot to understand. And, and as a result, it's hard to know who is good and who is evil in all mm-hmm. of it as a result of just like the murkiness of even knowing what is this lawsuit and what precipitated it right well I think the the criminal one being wrapped up yesterday is very good for Luann I mean she's going to be on probation for a year which means monitoring by the court system and I feel like the one with the family will get re- like resolved like this isn't the type of one that I think would... it's probably already gone yeah I mean I... as as Sonia said Oh, it's just a formality. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Sonia's commentary. Like, she knows uh, what she's talking about. I do want to note, though, the fact that, like, I don't think it can be looked past the fact that Bethany 
was so helpful mm. off the show in wanting to help Lou. Yeah. I think that really goes to show... I just feel really strongly about Bethany's character as a human being. I know it can... Fights can happen on the show or yeah. not, but I just think at the end of the day, Bethany is a very caring individual to all of the women. And I feel like that was one of those moments of sort of peeling the curtain back on all of this and seeing the fact that at the end of the day, Bethany and Lou, who have many ups and downs um, throughout their time on the show, that she was a friend and a human being enough to see her friend slash co-star going through this, realizing that she could help her and wanting to do that for no fanfare or no accolades. And I think that is the Bethany that I know and love. Well, we got a taste of that when she was originally counseling her, like when they went up to the like retreat mm-hmm. prior to Cartagena. Right. Um, but I feel like, you know what? Bethany's probably like very good in a, like I want Bethany in a crisis. She helped Puerto Rico. She's wearing this shirt. She's helping Lou. Like she, she, she responds well to like, okay, we have a problem. Let's try to fix it. Whereas maybe like it's the day to day Bethany that Carol is having the problem with. Let's get, <laughs> let's get into that. Bethany versus Carol. Where did we go wrong? Okay, so... It's like an interesting question. They try to explain where it started, and it was like a small shift, they call it. Mm. I have a theory that Bethany decided to use this small shift with Carol as her big plotline for the season, aside from the like Puerto Rico stuff and with all intents like all intents and purposes of like at the end of the season they would be fine that's literally the Jill storyline seven years later yeah because Jill thought like oh like I'm gonna have this thing with Bethany but like we're still gonna be friends right and I think not to skip to Dallas but I think Deandra and Leanne that's what's going on there Mm, too interesting um, but that's my big theory, and I don't, I think that Carol didn't feed into that in the proper way, slash didn't know what was going on, um, and then it just went haywire. You play with fire, you're gonna burn down the house. Yeah, you're gonna get burnt. <laughs> <laughs> what is your theory, Evan, of what's going on? Uh, I, it's dark i don't know i don't i don't disagree with what you said Mm. um i think it's uh, i mean obviously they had to have gone into this season with some sort of plan Mm -hmm. and if you're friends someone i imagine if you're friends with someone and you're on reality television and you have a little bit of a fight i would then off camera kind of have the discussion of like are we gonna do this and I would prefer that we not Mm -hmm. um, if we have a genuine friendship. And I think what's difficult about this one is it did feel like a genuine sisterhood that I think it's a double knife to us in that we watched it develop on the show. You know, uh, Jill Bethany predated the cameras, so we don't really have perspective on that, but we watched this friendship grow. Mm -hmm. And we watched two people with really challenging lives let their guards down to one another and film a friendship that existed off the show. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really challenging. They both, I mean, like, again, like, not knowing exactly what happened, and then the he said and she said it all, he he said, she said, she said it all, um, it made it difficult to watch in that neither of them seemed like they wanted to actually squash it. Even when we got, like, the one dinner and the several times, and then we'd sort of have, like, these minor breakthroughs, but the part of it, and I blame them both, really, which is, like, 
reconciling with a friend, with a lover, anyone, you have to go in there with the intention of walking away from it truly having it dead. And I felt like they never, there was never, even like when they would hug, it never quite felt that way. I think they were both done, but they also didn't want to look like the bad guy in like the breakup. Mm -hmm. So they would try to make the other one look like the bad guy in the breakup. Right. Um, So I, during this reunion, because of like the way, because Bethany's really good at a reunion Mm -hmm. and Carol's like, just like not, she can't This is the first time she ever opened her mouth. Um, I was like starting to turn and being like, oh, well, like Bethany's got this one until. Until. Bethany leaned in to wanting Carol to live the age she actually is. And like. Taking a page from your book. (laughs) <laughs> and age shaming me <laughs> and um said like this like what I thought like was just not nice and didn't make sense like what are you saying I, I also like don't maybe uh since I'm not quite there yet uh like what is the drastic difference between 45 and 54 right like and then the thing with like the kids part that was the other thing that actually made me sad yeah when carol said well when bethany was like you don't have you're kids, not mar- you don't yeah. have a career you're, you're not married and carol was like first of all my husband died and if he hadn't died we would have a kid and it got me really thinking about carol and like when her husband died have you read what remains yeah when, okay. her, husband, <laughs> when her husband and then you burned it <laughs> <laughs> when her husband died, like, I think she decided you can either, like, keep on living your life and doing what you were doing and, like, maybe settle down eventually, but I think she decided to, like, uproot her life and, like, just do the completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, moved to London and all that. And I think she actually, like, she, I think Anthony was, like, the love of her life. Yeah. And, like, she decided to live her life after his death the way she did because, like, she could never really really get that back mm. oh my god that's don't deep. cry <laughs> i guess uh what there's something very false about carol that has rung true for me after i just said that you're gonna come and call her false <laughs> and i think to me the moment in the reunion part two mm. that was most indicative of sort of my falling out of love with Carol would mm-hmm. be her defense of Dorinda's drunkness, mm. which was one of those moments where I'm rewatching season seven right now. Yeah. And one thing I love about Carol's talking heads in season seven, or in this actually probably predates season seven. I'm sure yeah. I, I, once I revisit five and six, but Carol was just had that sort of similar Bethany quality oh, and yeah. sort mm-hmm. of like that Greek chorus element to it. So to watch Carol all of a sudden not be able to like acknowledge the fact that like and also be so aware of Sonia's drunkenness and willing to comment on it and not mm-hmm. recognize that the woman sitting next to her has a I don't want to use the words drinking problem, but that is a person Allegedly. that has been yeah, that has been drunk often. I just felt like that was like that blind endorsement of Dorinda in that moment for someone like Carol who is so honest and real sort of was really indicative of Carol's sort of, like, fall. I think Carol just fell too deep into her celebrity as a result of the show. And yeah. I think they shot themselves in the, in the foot by coming in as, like, a pre... Coming to the reunion as, as a, a dream team. team. See, no, I think... I think... You know what? I think they did that <laughs> That because, was very Ramona right there. Yeah. I think... I think... I think... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh... 
feel like they went into that like the only way we are going to survive this against the professional mm -hmm. is if we stick together. They didn't practice enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, despite the fact that also Ramona was partially on that team. Uh, well, that was a really interesting comment that Bethany makes at one point when she turns in, she goes, I know you're on that program right now, <laughs> yeah. but you're not saying anything which you really think, which is so, there's those moments when Bethany says the thing that everyone's thinking, and but in such a sharp and biting way, mm -hmm. um, that was both true to what was happening, but also a dig. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, Bethany, there's just a, a, a sharpness about her that's just undeniable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, when they're reading the text, and and Bethany said I, to to Carol via text, "I am your friend. Ramona is evil," and Ramona just like <laughs> laughing and having the time of her life. <laughs> and doesn't she say thank you or something? And Bethany goes, "You're welcome," without even looking up. I mean, Ramona and Bethany watching the two of them exist <laughs> together is like some of the best television. Yeah, just like the way they play off each other hate each other but like also like love each other yeah is beautiful well also like it's so funny because bethany she's really good about sometimes bethany won't engage you know bethany's not willing to engage because she understands the mechanism that is the show mm -hmm. and so there's been plenty of times the past couple seasons where ramona will come at her at a hundred mm -hmm. and bethany will be like very consciously i'm not doing this with you because like i recognize what you're doing and so I just think that that dynamic between the two of them and then Bethany sometimes will choose to engage. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that sets Ramona off because like when Ramona wants to engage, Ramona wants to engage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never forget Heather chasing Ramona around the party oh, yeah. that one time. Oh, when she does God. not want to engage. Uh, but the thing, the thing about the Bethany versus Carol fight that really shone in this episode was when Carol wanted to talk about the... the, the the bullying thing, which is like, I don't like that verbiage. Mm -hmm. But uh, when Bethany was like, like smiling, she's like, T tell us, tell us all the ways I bullied you. And she was like, <laughs> just like so sinister in that little smile. But was Carol able to deliver some reasons? She had the list. She had the list. <laughs> the list felt very light. But once she took out the list, but like all, all of the stuff that Beth Bethany said was like all through from the get go. Whereas, like, you could see with Carol, it progressed throughout mm. the season. Like, she was getting more fed up with Bethany. Right. Uh, there was, like, a, a short Tinsley montage that I don't really give a shit about. Is there anything to say? <laughs> no. like, The montages overall were long. Yeah. They would really give you a lot of montage, and I was like, I want more reunion. Yeah. It was... You made a good point in your solo episode, Brendan. Thank you. <laughs> of, like... Uh, them cutting to montage without any inter, uh, introduction. Right. In it was more like, it was more uh, evidence evidence of backing up a point that was being made in the reunion, which is something they is pretty new. Yeah. I feel like they used to only stick to like Andy. Well, Tinsley, I don't know, whatever yeah. introduction, but we're, we pretty much end with you're so full of shit, Andy. I didn't bash her on the show. Are you afraid of her too? Which set me to the moon in terms of, like, I can't believe that actually happened. Because we saw the, like, you're so full of shit part, but the, are you afraid of her too? <laughs> I, like, want to hear Andy react 
to that, like on Watch Happens Live or something. Yeah, because we didn't really. I was curious for them to go back to him to see. They gave us a little bit of a reaction, but then it sort of went to the other women. Yeah. There were a number of times throughout this reunion when I was really craving someone's reaction to something, and they would give me the wrong yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want like the raw footage. I want to see every camera angle from, from start to finish. <laughs> right. A very special episode about those two lines. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally. <laughs> um, can I go back for a moment yeah. though? Because I just I. The Dorinda drunkenness mm. conversation and then with the Lou package, sure. I think one thing that really bothered me about Dorinda's demeanor during this reunion, and Dorinda seemed very agitated from the get-go, mm. um, it was frustrating to see her not want to move things forward with Luann, and I think we felt that towards the end of the season, and I just feel like she keeps defending how mad Luann made her, and there's no sympathy, mm. and even as Bethany tried to point out, like, all the circumstances that Lou was going through. I feel like Dorinda, like, she kind of got there at the very end. She was, like, said something to the effect of, like, I hope we can oh, yeah. move forward. But it just, the the you could, the anger that she still holds on to with regards to Lou, it's just, like, a, it's kind of intense that she doesn't seem genuinely wanting to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when Dorinda gets mad, she she holds a grudge. Yeah. Like this, her grudge against Sonia that has lasted for, for seasons yeah, is wild to me. Yeah. And I thought my probably top five moment of this season by far was in Cartagena, that moment with them in the hallway, and the next morning, and oh. Lou's tabling through some magazine with Kylie Jenner on the cover, <laughs> and uh, Lou comes down there, and they stand there for a second, Carol finally walks away, there's that moment of like, what are we gonna do? And they both look up, they look at each other, they take a deep breath and they yeah. hug. Oh my god. And then immediately five minutes later, you have uh, Dorinda talking head, oh, I just don't know if this is gonna last right. forever. And I feel like yeah. that sort of is indicative of, of Dorinda's moment with this season, which is just that inability to kind of say, and also it's sort of unjustifiable like that she got so mad at Lou. I yeah. just don't think what Lou did was that. Right. I think this is like an instance of like there being more to the story yes. that we don't know about. Like I think the two of them spent a lot of time together off camera mm-hmm. and in communication and the fact like they went Something. on that little like church thing and had that moment like was indicative of like they've been on some sort of journey together that we're not fully privy to. And right. also to hear that uh, Dorinda was not fully versed on everything going on with the lawsuit with Lou. Mm-hmm. And also she said recently that her and Lou hadn't spoken in months or something oh, yeah. or since the reunion yeah. or something. It's just that kind of stuff I don't enjoy. Like, they have Mm. this, I think, 13-year friendship or however Mm. long. To know that this show uh, destroyed that, I don't take any... Mm. There's no joy in that. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. Uh, But a show where there is a lot of joy going on is The Real Housewives of Dallas. It's beautiful. This is our third episode. Yeah. We are on a trip already. Love an early trip. And I think they're like... I think... People are starting to catch on that. We need an early trip. But we pick up a to-be-continued from the Bottles and Brew party, which is the reveal where Brandy adopted a baby that Stephanie found for her. (laughs) Found? (laughs) I mean, that was kind of the way they presented it. Yeah, I mean, like, through an adoption agency, she didn't find her, like, I mean, him, like, sitting on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, so apparently Stephanie... So Stephanie and Brandy are, like, freaking frack. Uh, she used to work with adoption in some form. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a personal contact that she had. 
she learned about this baby, put Brandy in contact with this baby. Brandy adopted the baby. Yeah. So we get this reveal. Brandy no. and the baby were texting. Yeah, Brandy. So you made it sound like she put her in contact. <laughs> they stayed up. So Brandy decided to keep the fact that she adopted the baby secret and have this big reveal to the world that, hey guys, look at my new beautiful boy, Bruin. Yeah. We love Bruin. He's a star. Bruin also has red hair, which was why they like knew it was worth it. Oh yeah, because they all have red hair. Mom, dad, two girls, did are them. We have a talking head, which someone tweeted at us and I want to show you um, Evan this is one of the stars of the show uh, Cameron Westcott she's the uh, one with the puppy the puppy the pink dog food yes uh, what would you say those earrings look like that is reminding me of a hoop that Britney Spears would sit in on tour Let uh, me see. when I saw them I thought these are kind of condom-esque Ooh. and uh follower at baby lego says <laughs> baby lego <laughs> says at cameron westcott hates sex toys but it's totally cool with wearing condoms on her ears so we definitely saw caitlin and i here totally saw the same thing uh i cameron this girl she presented herself she was new last season presented herself kind of as like a legally blonde like she's blonde a little ditzy but like really smart and i've never had that before <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brand new uh this season so far, like, I, I, I'll be questioning myself, like, do we need her? Do we want her? And then, like, she'll have amazing moments. Right. And this episode was an example of that. Yeah. So she, she decides to make her storyline for, like, the foreseeable future mad at Brandy for keeping the baby the secret. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, like, she mishears what the ladies are telling her to stop doing. Like, she, the ladies are saying, like, stop bashing her for wanting to keep the baby a secret. And she's like, I would never bash a baby. <laughs> she, thinks, she thinks the ladies are accusing her of like speaking ill of a baby rather than like her reaction to the way Brandy decided to announce the baby. Right. She's like, I'm not bashing a baby. <laughs> and then runs up in her elevator to her master suite in the most beautiful vacation home we've ever seen for a housewife. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Mellencamp's beach house is trembling right now. It probably is. Probably is trembling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's also talk about okay. These women are professionals. So at this baby party, before we even get to the trip, at this baby party, Brandy knows that she has two, I guess, enemies in the room, and you know what she does immediately. She walks up to Leanne, squashes the beef, moves yes. on, says she wants a new start. They do this constantly on this show, but it's necessary. Beef, yes. Then she goes up to Deandra and tries to do the same. This one's a little more complicated because yes. Deandra has been allegedly accusing Brandy out in the press of um, using Adderall too well, much. So the way Deandra defends it is she's saying, uh, a lot of Dallas, uh, Dallas has a problem with Adderall. Like she just said, like, <laughs> like the general society of Dallas, uh, and like Carrie gets out. Of, Carrie's like probably the most boring one of the show. Carrie's like, been trying to get into everyone's yeah, little conversation. She's just like a little shitster, but she like gets out of Deandra that she meant Brandy in this interview, and then Deandra's trying to like kill that storyline. Though she does say, "Enjoy your baby and your Adderall." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So we kind of like go from there to getting to Beaver Creek. Yeah. So at the end of the party, they're like, oh, let's go on this trip to Beaver Creek. And then we get five days later, they're 
In roots. Yeah, on a private plane in matching pajamas. On a PJ and PJs. A PJ and PJs. One lady refuses to wear the pajamas because they're not flattering to her. So you just have like five women wearing matching pajamas and one like a gray sweatshirt. Can we talk about Kim, the flight attendant on the private jet? Oh, I did not notice her. There was a woman, so like an older woman named Kim who was mm. the flight attendant. That's all, that's all I have. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Cameron has like extensive, she has a house manager for this vacation home. Right. That they own. Uh, put it, they got a chef cooking the meals they gotta they take a stop at uh beaver liquors yeah and this is i think this is a housewife's first i'm not sure we've ever had like an extensive liquor store scene a liquor store run yes yeah <laughs> usually the liquor's like there right yeah yeah we haven't had a liquor store scene unless like ramona was selling pinot grigio mm, or like yeah, signing yeah, yeah, pinot yeah. grigio yeah but um actually no i already can already think of a liquor More, store okay. scene sorry <laughs> um so yeah we go to beaver liquors and it's like this big thing because Two of the women are obsessed with, like, sex jokes and stuff like yeah. that. And, like, beaver liquors. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this this liquor store also sells sexy posters. Like, and t-shirts. And t-shirts. Like, but just, like, you know, um, kind of like a Bud Light ad from the 80s of, like... A classic, like, sexy beer commercial. like No, but they're, like, leaning into... <laughs> I wasn't around in the 80s. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> Stop hate-shaving. <laughs> no, but um, they're, like, leaning into this, like, beaver liquors thing. So yeah, they yeah. sell posters of, like, a woman who's having... Who's having a man go down on her. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, a cartoon. Well, no, no, not the poster's not. The shirt's a cartoon. The yeah. poster's actually, like, a woman. Real. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they're, they're buying the posters, like, stuffing it in their jackets and their pants so that Cameron doesn't see. Because Cameron, ha- Cameron famously hates, like, sex toys. Like, there was a scene last season where Brandy chased Cameron around the beach with a sex toy. With a dildo? Yeah. I think I've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, like, an iconic moment. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting that we haven't seen before, like, usually the Chiron say, like, the timestamps. Here, they we got an elevation Chiron of like elevation eight thousand eight eighty feet above elevation. That must be that must come into play like next week or something. Where be, someone must have gotten like way too drunk. Doesn't elevation like fuck you up a lot? Yeah, yeah, like if you go to Denver and like you go out, you can get lit. Yeah. Uh, we're bopping around in a hot tub. What was interesting is Leanne, who's like the primary shitster like fighter da 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 is like avoiding drinking I saw that yeah she yeah. she was like ready to go to bed ready to go to bed trying to stay out of it well because famously one of their trips which was oh. to a weird um lake house in Austin where there wasn't a lake yeah um Leanne threatened to gut someone yes. <laughs> like and, in the middle of the night and that was caught, <laughs> caught on iPhone footage yeah um so she's trying to behave herself which I applaud mhm uh and this is a like every episode this season has been to be continued. Yeah, and we get another to be continued. Um, Carrie Duber has studied at the Tamara Judge and Bethany Frankel School mm. for Naked Housewives. Yes, <laughs> um, she gets naked in the hot tub, and I will say I don't love Carrie, but someone asked her where her bathing suit was, and she said in Dallas. <laughs> I yeah. laughed a little bit. She did have some <laughs> funny moments, like she can occasionally land on one here and there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, right now we're the season's starting. 
Cameron's mad that nobody told her about the baby, which is going to be the wildest ride, I think. Yeah. Um, but I did love her storming off from her kitchen into her living room and pressing the up button on the elevator. Yeah. And it, listen, if you're not into Dallas, we were talking to Evan earlier, it's not too late. Season one, maybe 10 episodes max. Season two was also in the school of shorter seasons, maybe 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this, this... I was going to say, do you think you're going to get a full season? So Potomac this season had a full season, mm-hmm. which was its first time. So I'm wondering Dallas might as well. Because they were introduced at the same time. They were introduced at the same time, had the same trajectory. The only thing that makes me wonder is, like, we are going full speed ahead right now. Like, we're on a trip right right away. I know, but, like, We still have Copenhagen, though. But think about, like, OC... Yeah. Think about New or, Jersey yeah, last year. Sure, sure. Like... This is a this is becoming a new housewives thing. Send them on a trip very early. Yeah, and not complaining. No. Even Beverly Hills, they went to the Bahamas and they're still early in. Oh filming. yeah, yeah, yeah. They just picked up uh, Denise? Denise and went to the Bahamas. <laughs> there we go. Get on the plane. Uh, so I think it might be time to close out the show with our freak of the week and once your queen, Evan. Who is? your personal pick for the Freak of the Week this week? This week's Freak of the Week, which I've always wanted to say, uh, (laughs) the Freak of the Week this week is not one, but a group of people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. particularly gay people, a group of of gay people in the, is it an island? Uh, Mykonos, so. yeah. I have no idea. I think it's like an island off of Greece. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the gay men who decided to get into a massive fight on the dance floor of a circuit party in Mykonos while a particular song was playing. Dan, what was the song? A, a remix of not even like the titular like Greatest Showman. Like, I think it was like a, an album cut. Because <laughs> the titular no. one is like the... It's like, oh, we are here! Yeah. Or something like that. The one that like the bearded lady sings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is us. This <laughs> is us promo. Are people still watching This Is Us? No, I hope not. Any more uh, But yeah, they chose to fight during that scene, which I guess is like, maybe like it riled them up a little bit. They like go at it, but very... Um, it's very catfight ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that went viral, and that has incited a lot of uh, both memes and hot takes mm. on the internet. A lot of bottom shaming, drug <laughs> shaming, <laughs> and all kinds of... Yeah, that's the whole thing right now. There's a... Mm. Yeah. I'll send... I'll send, I'll send yeah. Um, One of them kind of looks like Jax, too. Yes, that was another conspiracy <laughs> that it might be Jax. Oh, my God. Are people... So, people are going... Is Mykonos a new thing? No. Like, this party? No, so Mykonos is, it's been a thing for a while, but Mykonos is just very, uh, uh, there's a specific type of guy that Mm -hmm. goes to Mykonos, and Mykonos tends to breed that guy and only that guy, Yeah. and I think for the rest of our community and the world at large to see, like, I think this video is shocking for, like, there's, like, the fight aspect of it, Mm -hmm. and then there's also just, like, the amount of shirtless, muscular white men dancing to a song from... The Greatest Showman. Right. Well, we actually got a, a peek of this with Erica Jane and Kyle Richards a oh, few yeah, seasons that ago. Was, yes. uh, in Mykonos. I just thought it was like maybe so, I, it obviously is something I like never heard of because like even that Market Days thing in Chicago. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like hearing about it. Well, for, there's just like all these stops on the party train. Yeah. You go here and then you go <laughs> yeah. make a stop over here. But Mykonos <laughs> takes money. 
Yeah, because yeah. it's in Mykonos. But it's then, in Mykonos. <laughs> but then you go to like Australia. I think there's like the they have their Mardi Gras. The Mardi Gras. Yeah, all these stops. Uh, I'm not on the train, obviously. No, you're not on the train. <laughs> you're parked in the station. <laughs> Choo choo. Uh, Brennan, who is our one true queen this week? So, <laughs> this is freakish behavior, but it's kind of gaga because she's like bopping around. Um, the rah rah is about to jump out. Oh or my whatever god, people she are is saying. like riding on a boat in Venice, <laughs> aka Rialto, going on. Kicking off the campaign, the campaign that will get her an Oscar. Yeah, for A Star is Born. I mean, I want to see a double nomination. I want to see a Mary J. Blige Best best Song, Best Actress. Okay. So there was a um, LA Times piece about Gaga <laughs> and specifically about The Star is Born. And it was talking. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper, who's directing it, apparently said if Cooper wanted Gaga to evoke. A feeling of warmth, he'd whisper, Tony. <laughs> Knowing that she has a close relationship with singer Tony Bennett, and that whenever she thinks of him, she gets, quote, a certain feeling of love, unquote. Wow. It's beautiful. Uh, cheek to cheek forever. Where's cheek to cheek too? Cheek to cheek, more cheek. Cheekier. I think, like, she'll get back to that post winning all these awards. She'll be like, okay, now it's time to like get back to the music. But she's gonna do. She's about to launch like another music era. Oh, the Enigma. Yeah, but I think like Enigma, she could work on wrapped in a riddle in cash. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) she could wrap it in some cash. But like, she'll be stationary there. So like, she could ship. Maybe Tony can't fly though. I don't know. She isn't she doing a night with Tony? Oh, he, oh he, wait, no, no. I think she's doing she's jazz doing night. Jazz night but sure Tony has yeah, it's, it's select dates. Yes. I do just want Tony to say, Tony can though, fly. <laughs> he can fly. What the fuck, Bethany? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're just taking turns, AJ. I no. do want to call out her fashions, though. Um, oh. So, in Paris yesterday, because she was Venice mm. today, Paris yesterday, uh, she stepped out in an all-black Aliyah trench coat wearing a bag mm. and everyone's kind of like oh like what is that bag and we learned today that that was the very first look at Hedy Slimane's first collection for Celine oh. it's uh, a bag that was specially designed for Gaga with her initials engraved yeah. on it for any fashionistas out there that is a that just doesn't happen mm. um, it's quite remarkable it's a really big moment there's a major designer going to a major house this is the second time now that Hetty has, has created something custom for Gaga like this. It was a real reminder that Gaga isn't just someone that wears fashion. Gaga really dictates the direction of the industry. And I think to just like have those subtle reminders mm. and also to just really begin to see this movie promotion era as being something that she's going to think about in every aspect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and think about, you know, I was even thinking today, like, you know, we're going to have to get an Oscar win gown. Yeah. You know? And like, are we going to get a red carpet look and she's going to change inside? And Mm -hmm. are we going to get movie star Gaga, which we signed up. We kind of got a glimpse of that at the Emmy Awards. Yeah. Um, We're also going to get a performance. She's going to perform the song. I'm sure a performance look. So there's just a lot to look forward to. And it's really exciting to be reminded of, uh, how rare it is to have stars today who are not reactive to fashion, but Mm. are really, plugged into the industry and real darlings of the true couturiers that exist today. 
And that has been Come Through Queen Fashion Corner. Our yes. first. <laughs> Our first. Our first. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. Uh, I mean, yes, Gaga, you look so good. Our one true queen. Yes. Um, this has been such a delight. And hopefully, like, not the last time either. Yeah, we, we need, need Fashion Corner. We need you back ASAP, <laughs> a Fashion Corner or not. Um, and can I just say, so it's, like, on the record, I just yes. have to say, like, of all the podcasts that I listen to, and there are many, I'm a huge podcaster, I love Come Through Queen so much. It's such an honor to be on this podcast, and I just think the joy that you two exude in this podcast and all that this podcast stands for... Um, I'm just such a big fan. It's Aww. such an honor. Thank, Thank you. You, oh you should you hear the, the outtakes where Danielle's at me. No. <laughs> so it's not always joyous. Uh, Evan, do you have anything you want to particularly plug right now? Where can we find you? Yes, I do want to plug something. Yes. So I have, I, I am a correspondent on a show called Mike Dispatch, and I have a piece coming up about drag queen porn stars. Um, I will tease it as that. So there are okay. two famous porn stars who have been moving into drag that we profiled and it's a documentary that we shot on them and I am extremely proud of it because we thought we were just shooting this doc that was going to look at this cute little cultural phenomenon and Mm -hmm. it ends up being about something a lot more related to the depths of the sexualization of porn stars and sort of why they might want to experiment with this thing, which Mm -hmm. is this hyper femme presentation. And I think for anyone interested in sort of like drag, the deeper meaning behind drag and what drag can allow queer people to access, Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of this piece and particularly the subjects because it's just really went somewhere I didn't think it would go and I think it's really substantive. And you can't say who, right? I can't say who quite yet, but that's coming out September 13th. Where can we find it? That will be on facebook.com backslash Mike. This is Mike Dispatch. Okay. But I mean, you can, it'll be somewhere. Well, yeah. Also, I'm sure if people follow you on Twitter, you'll be tweeting about it. Where can they find you? At Evan Ross Katz. Beautiful. On all the social medias, except for Snapchat. I don't fuck with Snapchat. Yeah, it's over. Mm, it's over. I only so, use it one day a week. Um... <laughs> uh, you could find Brendan seven days a week on Twitter at not Brendan. You could find me at IDK IDK. You can call in to come through Queen at seven one seven four seven freak. You could email as you see this week at come through Queen at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And you can like, comment, subscribe, heart share, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you, Evan. Thank you. See ya. Come through, queen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.